Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins. I am the host of this podcast. I am also the CEO and founder of NC Real Estate, which is my firm of chartered surveyors, which specializes in helping landlords and property investors go out and buy commercial property. We are all about making commercial property investment accessible, which is why this podcast is here. I want to go through everything that happens in the commercial property investment space. Over the last couple of weeks, you will have noticed, for those of you who have been following along, that I have been giving you some really good insight into how to buy commercial property, what to do, how to go out and search, how to be setting up your search alerts, how to calculate your goals, how to value commercial property. You've got it all here in this podcast. If you haven't yet listened to last week's podcast, please go back and do it. It's called How to Buy Commercial Property. Listen to the podcast, which honestly is only about 15 minutes long, but it's packed so full of goodness because um, what is in there is all the links to all of my resources, which will get you going step by step on the property investment journey. I know that there is a lot of naysaying out there about commercial property investment at the moment. And here is what I am experiencing. There are a lot of property deals coming back around and coming onto the market again at the moment. The reason being is that commercial property rates, if you are a first-time commercial property investor or a property investor with no support or help are quite expensive. And lenders can also be difficult about what property they're lending on. If someone is uninformed, then it's going to be tough for you to convince a lender that you are a low risk investor, right? They don't want to be invested. They don't want to be lending to someone who has no idea what they're doing and then goes out there and is like, fine, I'll just put my money in this or this and doesn't do any due diligence, gets it wrong, then they can't afford to pay back their mortgage, right? They're not doing that. They're not going to lend on that basis. So um, they, what you'll find is that properties are coming back to market where lenders are now saying, nah, you're too risky, or you overpaid on that property, go and renegotiate, or any of that kind of thing. So we're seeing a lot of reasonably priced properties coming back in, you know, that 100, 200, 300,000 pound mark. Keep your eyes peeled. Make sure you do your due diligence. That is what you should be doing by coming to my podcast and listening to all things I say. Also, I know I've mentioned this before, I have written a book that is in editing phase. <gasps> and I'm saying this because it means I have to just keep getting going with, come on, Natasha, edit, keep going to those editing meetings. It's going to give you what you need to do in order to do market analysis. So watch the space for that. In the meantime, you're here, you're listening to the podcast. I have made them bite-sized, so they are very easy to digest. I'm all about making commercial property investment accessible. So please listen back, 
do your research, do your due diligence, and you should be able to pick up some deals in this market. Do not listen to those agents who send through brochures and say, hey, inflation is going down. So that must mean that the base rate is going to go down in the next 12 months. So property prices are going to go up. So get in now whilst it's cheap, but offer with it in mind that the market is going to go up. Hmm. I call BS on that because no one can predict what's going on in the future what's going to happen we can speculate on it you should not be offering on any property based upon hope value of the future market all right do not do it don't think oh in 12 months time the market's going to go up so i'm actually paying a good price you don't know unless you are one of the only people who can see into the future oh you've got a crystal ball in which case fine do you do you i guess but but probably all of you who are listening to this podcast you cannot tell me for definite what's going to happen next year so do not offer based upon what's going to happen what you think is going to happen in the market next year only offer based upon what you're seeing today don't be swayed by someone telling you otherwise okay there you go rant over So for those of you who are also regular listeners, have you noticed that there's been ads playing on my podcast? (gasps) Did we just get to a stage where there's enough listeners for ads to be running on my podcast? What? That's really exciting, isn't it? But as I have heard from feedback, those ads, I can't, by the way, I can't hear them. I don't choose what ads run on this podcast. I didn't even realize until this week that I can turn those ads off and have um, an idea of running ads for myself. My gosh, how my world has changed. I've been podcasting for a very long time, so I didn't realize any of this. Um, But allegedly, we are now in a place where Spotify reached out to me and said, hey, you're running ads. Brilliant. Okay, so the ads that that apparently are on my podcast aren't relevant. And great, I'm going to turn them off. But what I then thought, what I mention, I talk about so many resources that I use and we use as a team. I'm going to start sharing these on the podcast. Okay. And this is honestly, I'm not going to share anything we don't use. I have gone out to these brands and I have asked for an affiliate link. That's that. I said, hey, if I talk about you on the podcast, can I share a link for my subscribers to go and get signed up um, at a discount and we get a commission on that? It does not impact the price you pay. You will still be paying whatever they are offering the service out on the market or lower. So I'm going to do a full disclosure on that. That's where we have got to. The first user or the first brand that we use who came back is Michael Dent from Property Data. Remember, I did a podcast with him, absolute legend at business building. Well, we use Property Data all the time, especially if we're doing mixed use uh, deal analysis. Again, go back to last week where I explained how to 
value residential in with a commercial property investment, right? If that is you and you need to use that, property data is really <laughs> a service that you need. So I'll put my affiliate link to that down below. If you click on that, you can get signed up to property data. And if you use the code NC50, you get 50% off of your first month. So it is really, really worth it. Next topic. Let's talk completion statements. Oh, that doesn't sound that interesting, does it? I have just had my completion statement in for completing on 22 Broad Street next week in Bath. Yep, that is what I'm buying. Um, and I have been through so many completion statements this week, trying to work out what's going on and what money my clients are having transferred to them, where the deductions are, if there's any set-offs. And it made me realize that if you are not aware that this is coming, you could sign off on something and lose money. Right. So for those of you who don't know, completion statements show the money that's being transferred between the buyer to the seller. And you will actually probably get two completion statements. You'll get a completion statement if you're using lending. So you'll get it from your lender, which shows how much they are lending to you. So please go through that with a fine tooth comb because lenders don't always add up properly either. Um, and I will say that it's not because they are silly or idiots. It's just human error is really easy. All right, so please go through completion statements. So what you will see from your lender is you'll see the amount of the loan that you are being given, so the gross loan, and then that will be net of legal costs, any VAT on those legal costs, any land registry searches, searches, any company insolvency search, company's house registration fees, land registry registration fees, and the bank transfers, plus any other admin costs that they want to put in there. From there, it will then show you what the balance will be that's being transferred to your solicitor. So that's going to be the net loan. That is your gross loan, less all the fees that you're going to pay for that loan. That's what the balance is that comes across to you. So please check that because that can be wrong. I know, mad, right? It can be wrong because whoever's calculated it hasn't got a few figures right. Go back and double check with the agreement that you have made with your lender and make sure that the fees and the percentages are right. Any other fees that you have agreed to are correct. They are charging you the right amount. So that's number one. Then obviously you have to make sure that your net loan covers the cost of buying the property. Otherwise you're going to have to top that up. So then what you will see is a second completion statement. And this should come from your 
solicitor who will have been negotiating with the borrower. And completion statements at this point are interesting because there are multiple different things that can appear on your completion statement. And this is an agreement you have to come to. Now, very simply, what you will see as a very basic thing from your solicitor is, this is how much you're paying for the property. This is how much our fees are. This is how much of a loan that you're getting. This is how much you need to top up in order to be able to buy the property. And again, go through that with a fine tooth comb as well. But where it starts to get more complicated is if you're buying a property with tenants in situ, chances are you are going to have uh, apportionments of rent going backwards and forwards. So either you, the buyer, no, the seller owes you rent or you owe the seller rent, that can start to get a little bit confusing. So for example, if you are buying in the middle of the month and the tenants have paid the current owner, so the seller, all of their rent at the start of the month, so the first of the month, the seller then needs to transfer you the rent from the middle of the month to the end of the month, right? You are going to see that on your completion statement. And if a tenant is in arrears, so that tenant hasn't paid on the first of the month, for example, and I'm using the first of the month because it's simple, with commercial property, you could see it, um, you could see, different apportionments of rent depending on the quarter days for commercial property rent. And as a side note, the commercial property rent uh, quarter days are 25th of December, 25th of March, 24th of June, and the 29th of September. Essentially 90 odd days increments, okay? So those are your quarter days. You will start to see the apportionments, but if that tenant is in arrears, then it will say that you as the buyer owe the landlord the arrears because they should be, and not in all circumstances, but for the majority of cases, they would be assigning you all the arrears and you need to pay the arrears back and then you go and collect them. See? gets very complicated. So you're going to want to see a completion statement a while before you actually complete. I mean, I'm talking a week maybe. So you see the completion statement if you're exchanging because you're gonna to want to sit down and run that through with your solicitor and make sure you are calculating correctly because there can be arguments about how rents are calculated. And you may think, Natasha, that is actually stupid. Well, maybe it's not so stupid. So what what could happen is, say, you've got a tenant who pays £7,000 worth of rent per annum. And there is uh, 14 days left in the month. Well, there is at the moment. I'm recording this on November 16th, so we've got 14 days left in the month. So to get to the amount of rent that they're going to transfer you, assuming that tenant's paid on the first of the month, 
they could do 7,000 pounds divided by 365 equals 19 pounds and 18 pence times 14. So they would be transferring you 268 pounds and 49 pence. Or what they could do is they could say, okay, well, 7,000 pounds is the annual rent. Each month, I receive 583 pounds and 33 pence. In November, there's 30 days, so divide that by 30. And then times that by 14 to get 272 pounds and 22 pence. Not the same, is it? And it's because everybody calculates differently. So just make sure that everybody is on the same wavelength and you are all calculating the same. And then finally, what you're going to need to be looking out for as well is, are you being transferred the deposits? When you're going through the legal pack and your solicitor's going through the legal pack as well, they'll be able to tell you how many deposits you hold that the landlord should be holding. You then need to make sure that the landlord, the seller, transfers across the, those deposits to you in the completion statement as well. That is important because you need to be holding the deposits and you need to be showing the tenants when you take the deposits where the deposits are. It's also vital for the security of your rental income. That deposit is your security. So if you don't get it, then you haven't got the security. Now, not all tenants might have a deposit, but if they do, you need to collect. And what I would advise is when you buy the property, the day you complete, the seller's solicitor will write to all of the tenants and say, hey, we've sold the property. Here's who your new landlord is. You then need to immediately follow that by introducing yourself, telling the tenants who they get in contact with, and specifying how much of a deposit you have been transferred. And if you haven't been transferred a deposit, just say, just an FYI, we haven't been transferred a deposit for your lease. They can then come back and say, whoa, well, it's my understanding that I paid the previous landlord X, Y, and Z. And you will say to them, go to that previous landlord and ask for it because we haven't got your deposit. All right, so please just make sure that the right amount of money is changing hands and that you have been through it with a fine tooth comb. I have just shown you that people can calculate these rents in different ways. Chances are that whoever's done the completion statement will make it favorable to their client, just as an FYI. Um, and they're not wrong for doing that because there are multiple ways in which it can be calculated. So you just need to make sure that you agree with it and you can go back and say, hey, I don't agree with this completion statement. And that's all right too. You are completely within your means to do it. But again, take your time over it, all right? And on that note, that's what I want you to know about completing on commercial property purchases. Thank you so much for listening to me and joining me today. I appreciate it. If you can, and if you're still here, please follow the podcast. That really helps. And remember, I have put my link for property data down below. If there are any other 
um, companies that you'd like to see some discounts from, let me know because I can always email them and find out. That is no problem whatsoever. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I can't wait to catch up with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've loved this pod, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure to leave a five-star review as this makes me so happy and it helps to boost the show and get it out there to more property investors. Finally, if you want to email the pod, you can write to me, Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.